This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. Nicole, these cooking TikToks are getting out of hand. They must be stopped at all costs. Don't you guys have a cooking TikTok? Yeah, but we're cool. Okay. This, this is, is a hot dog, dog is, is a sandwich. sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> 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 Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Inaidi. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Please welcome YouTuber and friend of Mythical, Harvest Johnson. Uh, we talked about this. I have a Colombian it's cousin. Jarvis. <laughs> uh, Jarvis, no, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. We specifically wanted to talk to you about mm -hmm. the idea. Okay, so we were initially going to call this does TikTok have a food waste problem? Right. Because you made an incredible video called Wasting Food for Clout. Yeah. That outlined video. A great, fantastic yeah, yeah. video. Uh, I hate that you got scooped by Ryan Sutton from Eater. Oh, that did happen. But you know what? It continued. This led me on a, a dark path of every time someone was doing something suspicious with food, I would <laughs> get tagged on it, Twitter or Instagram. And I've also been like DMCA'd by some of the people who... Uh, do these, you know, food things uh, rightly, actually. I think I did just like take a clip on Twitter and go, this is weird. And I'm like, you know what? Sure. Fair game. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, while it hasn't been my beat as of late, it is a place I spent a lot of my time. Mm. So I'm excited to speak about it today. When I see a conventionally attractive white woman in a very well-lit kitchen <laughs> pouring spaghetti and processed cheese on a marble countertop, I think of you. And that's what I want. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good. Um, has anybody ever tagged you in any of our content? No. So maybe that's What's a sign that you need to get a little more unhinged. I think we might need to, but no, need, they I need to call it possible for us to get more unhinged, but because we do get we get a lot of comments from people. We try and not waste food. So for people that don't know what we're talking about are these genres of TikTok, uh, actually a lot of them explode on Facebook, but short form yep. food videos where people will deliberately make food that is so, so, so terrible and unhinged and is generally very large quantities mm -hmm. that are obviously getting scooped right into a trash can. They get millions upon millions of views. A lot of times they're doing it on a counter and there's mm -hmm. no dishware to speak of. Nope. 
there's always someone off camera who's very surprised at what's going on. Yeah. yeah. As if they're not holding the camera in, in on the entire thing. There's a very specific style. Like, it has created its own rules yes. within mm-hmm. the genre. Yeah, it does. You know, it's like when you hear music nerds talk about, like, dubstep, and somebody's like, sure, that's right. not dubstep. Dubstep has 32 half beats on a countermeasure. Right. You're, <laughs> like, you're like, they what? really <laughs> subverted the sitcom, <laughs> sure. like, formula with this one. Yeah. yeah. But it, the thing about community is it's a meta commentary <laughs> on this oh, format. God. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, what... It has become this, uh, it's its own medium. Yeah, they're all like semi, semi, semi believable, right? There's that Mm -hmm. uncanny valley area where Mm -hmm. you're like, God, is somebody actually doing this? And especially from a food person's perspective. So there's a video where the lady pours a bunch of jars of Prego sauce, which Prego ended up trending on Twitter because of it. Yes. No way. They're They're a fine jarred sauce. And every time I try sure. a new jarred sauce, I'm disappointed. Might as well buy Prego. Rayo's Prego. is the best. Mine as well. Might as well. <laughs> no, ja- Rayo's Jarred is the best. sauce kind of sounds like an alternate universe <laughs> version of my name. <laughs> Jarvis uh, Jarred Sauce. <laughs> but they're, okay, so speaking of pouring food directly on countertops, yeah. y- you know what I'm about to bring up. You know what I'm about to bring up. I because do? there's a very legit dish. Oh, the polenta. Po- it's called polenta a la spianatora. Yes, yes, I love that. And spianatora, hear me out. Spianatora is like a large wooden board, and okay. it used to just be served on people's wooden tables. Sure. But you make sure it's cleaned and sanitized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you take just a ton of polenta, and you pour it out while it's liquidy, and you spread it across the table so it then kind of hardens. And then you yeah. take just like bolognese cooked with like pork neck and a little Whoa. bit of that salchicha, that sausage, and you just throw it directly on there and everybody sits around and eats with their hands. Or a Filipino kamayan feast. Sure, that's Similar thing. Example. They'll yeah. line the table with banana leaves yeah. being directly on the table. So as a food person, I'm watching these videos. Right. And I'm like, oh, this might be slightly serious. Right. You're like, I'll hear you out because there's a, <sighs> I can contort myself into a reasoning that this makes sense. This yes. could be legitimate. 100%. Yeah, but do you think they're inviting their friends over after they shoot that video to, no, to partake in the in the food debauchery? They don't, I don't have think friends. They are, they are they do characters. Yeah. Like they're they're not real people. The the people that are in those videos, mm. they they exit the world of that video mm-hmm. and they have whole entire lives where they're not thinking about spaghetti on the counter. They're mm-hmm. thinking about what preschool their child is going yeah. to go to, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's a weird universe that they this is their job. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Against all odds, this has become their job, which is the way that I look at this. I think it's a beautiful uh, thing about the internet is that we have, you know, we used to live in this like homogeneic media landscape mm-hmm. where mm. you listen to the radio and there were like five artists mm-hmm. that yeah. you, Elvis <laughs> Presley was everywhere and you had to be a fan of him because where else, what else were you yep. going to listen to, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've had this like media stratification where you can niche down into your most specific interests. And from that, these people have risen up and found, much like the, you know, Ice Cream So Good TikTok NPC Pinky Doll, we love her. Pinky Doll, like, it's amazing. But I think it's a beautiful outcropping of, like, the stratification of media. Everyone can find a a weird thing, and some stuff bubbles up, and some of the stuff that bubbles up is weird to me. I, I don't even know if I'd say that some of the stuff that bubbles up is weird. The stuff bubbles up because it's weird, and that's mm-hmm. by design, yeah. right? Like, True. we talked about these videos having a very specific format, mm-hmm. and that's all to game some sort of outrage. engagement and yeah. outrage. Yeah. And the fact that all these algorithms on all these social media platforms, all these publishers, they simply function on what is new, what is immediate, and what is outrageous. Mm-hmm. And so, and this, what's going to garner interactions, yeah, positive correct. or negative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, they, and there's a negativity bias in humans in general. So if somebody 
calls up your house, right? Political pollsters. So many of the political polling numbers now are weird because the method of data collection has changed. Who's mm-hmm. going to answer the phone at 4 p.m.? You Somebody know, who take- freaking hates Gavin Newsom yeah. so goddamn much that they need to <laughs> oh, tell Gavin. a stranger about it. Or someone who doesn't have anything like that they feel like do. Like, I think that my... I, I, I think that there's an older generation that I'm not a part of who when they get a phone call, they're like, let's chat. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's not me. something that I personally, and maybe it's, maybe it's not generational. <laughs> maybe it's just like cultural too, or like, or just specifically yeah. how you grew up. But I, if someone calls me, it feels like an emergency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a landline? Not anymore. Yeah. No. Me either. I don't have a landline. Yeah. Either. It's been a, it's been a while. Yeah. But when I was a, when I was in middle school, I had a friend whose dad didn't have a landline, and I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What do you mean you don't have a landline? Yeah. How do you talk to your friends? How um, do you get on the internet? <laughs> I love answering scam calls and then just having nice conversations with them. Mm. I do, too. Um, yeah, but that's that's more more for the bit. One thing I want to get into is, and I know it's foolish to try and put anything into a good, bad binary, especially when it comes to the wild world of the internet. Okay. But, like, one could call these videos bad for society mm-hmm. right they're they're mm-hmm. deliberately one i agree if you make a, if you make a video like <laughs> this right. it simply begets more videos like that right mm-hmm. it's especially like, if they're successful yeah right? anything that's successful will inevitably have a bunch of copycats because we all want to figure out how to crack the algorithm sure. how to break through and then when someone does it so people are going to be like what about that succeeded i'm going to try to mimic it 100 yeah. percent. and Brief then copycats everything uh, all these algorithms are shaded towards negativity. They're also shaded towards extremism. Mm-hmm. You know, you like yeah. watch one video about like, oh, is there like a slight issue with the vaccine? And then five videos later, it's like, well, Obama was a shapeshifter and a lizard person. Right. So <laughs> that means that yeah. the aliens are going to rebuild the pyramids. Or even the like, uh, the Mr. Beastification of things where mm-hmm. like things sure. need to be bigger and bigger yes. and bigger to the point of like, uh, I, I think Mr. Beast videos are like an incredible, like how did this get made? Like it, it breaks my brain yeah. what it is, but they start and it's like, we've got the biggest explosion. Mm-hmm. Also, we drove a car into a hole. Um, Tony Hawk's here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like Dude, the, the, the yacht video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ugh. so, um, but even Mr. Beast has said that uh, he can't give away more money in his videos because it's crossed over to the point where people don't believe it's real. Oh. People are like, oh, oh. if I give $10,000, that's fine. If I give $50,000. But if I give a million dollars, people are like, fake. But it's like, I really did it. Oh, so there's like, literally somebody that's being shorted money from Mr. Beast because th- nobody Jeez will believe. Louise. That's real. The logical end goal for some of these videos where it's somebody just pouring crap on countertops, so you know, they're going to get wasted. To mm-hmm. me, I don't know this man's name. However, he goes on there and goes, this is how I make peanut butter and jelly. And this man will have 10 gallons of jelly. There'll be a single piece of white bread. Oh, yeah. He'll have 10 gallons of jelly. And then he pours it. And then he says, perfect. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know who that is. It is the pure logical end result of all of these videos where they're like, what if we skipped all of the things that we thought we made? They made this format successful. And we simply wasted 10 gallons of food. Yeah. That reminds me of... um like the grimace shake phenomenon yes. where we, we kind of witnessed in real time, like it started, someone made a little joke and mm-hmm. then they were like, I mm-hmm. need to, you know, yes. And I need to uh, escalate this. Yes. And then it escalated to the point of like people completely missing the point and then, mm-hmm. like going into a McDonald's and like slapping the shake out of someone's hand and making a huge mess. And it's Horrible like, what times. have we become? Horrible <laughs> you times. know, what are we doing? It's like in any friend group, it's like you start pranking each other and mm-hmm. then one person's prank is like, oh, I'm just going to hit this person in the back of the two by fours. 
Isn't that yeah, funny? Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, like, yeah. Alex. It's not yeah. funny. Anymore. Alex. That's true. You always play too rough. Right. It was Alex. I will say group. this, Josh. It sounds like an Ed, Ed and Eddie episode. <laughs> I will say, whenever I, I see those like uh, 10 gallon peanut butter pouring on a uh-huh. single slice of bread, there's also creators that actually. They take that 10 gallons of peanut butter and they show you useful ways to do it. So I've seen those. It's a weird carbon well. write-off so, that isn't real. It's not real. No, no, no. I swear. You, you actually see the peanut butter levels go lower. And he's like, okay, this is the last scoop of peanut butter. I guess I'm just going to put in a shake. So for all of that like craziness and uh, clicks and views and whatever, there's also some people out there that actually want to show people how to use food if they how to ever shop are, at Costco effectively. Yeah, <laughs> if people are, are you know buying things at Costco and buying things right. at home, there's actually some. It's a it's a small percentage, mm-hmm. but there's people out there. They exist somewhere. The, yeah, dubious. I'm dubious to that claim. I do, I don't disagree at all, but I mm-hmm. do think the market for practicality is probably smaller than the market for spectacle, you know? Yeah, you're literally talking to people that make $500 Big Macs. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And we, makes, we eat that whole Big so Mac. Good. Oh, you got to pry us away from those $500 Big Macs in there. We also do waste a lot of food. It is simply, yeah. this is, I, I'm going to have generally unpopular and self-immolating beliefs about this. Mm. After you. Nobody is going to like me <laughs> for my general stance on this, right? This is the only way you and I know how to make money. Good for you for figuring out how to make money without wasting food, Jarvis. Okay. I Who's to say <laughs> I don't waste food in my private life? <laughs> well, that's actually something yeah. I was going to get to, right? So we waste a certain amount of food here. We do take a sure. lot of efforts to not waste it. Absolutely every Friday we, we put out, this is just our like confessional episode mm-hmm. to you, by the way. But every Friday we put out all of the groceries from our fridge and we just put them on the table. All of our coworkers come with literal tote bags and shop for themselves. That's right. I get first dibs though. Me too. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, but but we do that, and we make monthly donations to the Hollywood Food Bank. That's we right. physically drive food wherever we can. There is necessarily going to be a lot of food wasted on any sort of food shows. That's and any restaurant and any restaurant and, and any grocery in store. your yeah. home. Thirty to forty percent of all food produced in America yeah. ends up in a landfill. So For the first time in human stat. history. We have figured out how to produce too much food for the human population. And there are people, several people in America that are hungry and food insecure. And the reason they are not getting food is not because food shows are putting it in the trash. That's right. It is because of supply chain issues and there is no profitability in helping the poor. Like that is simply it. We have hundreds of millions of tons of cheese sitting in caves. Oh, yeah, cheese caves. Cheese, you know, I, cheese caves? I, I have you heard I, about the cheese caves? I, only briefly have I heard about the cheese. <laughs> I would love to learn more. If that's a, if anyone's There's got a Caves in Missouri, I mean, so much of it has to do with farm subsidies, right? Mm. So World War II, we needed to figure out how to uh, modernize the American farming system. So they built refrigerated trucks and they had this big public works program to getting electricity out to these rural farms to try and get us to just like completely quintuple the amount of American dairy production so we could powder that milk and send it to the troops to beat Hitler. Right. And we did. And then we did Hitler's dead or in the Yucatan Peninsula somewhere. (laughs) I don't know, who knows. Um, But then we came back and we're like, oh God, we have too much milk. Right, And so we basically, so much of the economy ran off of these dairy subsidies and American farmers have always been a huge part of both the economy and the political lobbying process Right, that we're like, we have so much more milk than people can drink or than we feel like getting to them. Mm-hmm. So the government cheese program was born, uh, mandatory school lunch milks yeah, everywhere. Yeah, the Got Milk campaign. Yep. The Got Milk campaign. Yep, yep. We had a poster of Shaq with a milk mustache Good in our times. library. Is, is there a similar reason... To why corn is in everything? 
Oh, it's like almost the exact same reason. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. That, it just became the. I like to mm-hmm. learn, so this is great for me. Yeah, <laughs> you're in the right place. <laughs> All of it has to do with, um, right? It was like a hundred years ago. Uh, more than forty percent of Americans lived on farms, and mm-hmm. now it's like four percent. Right. And so everything has been consolidating via vertical integration. Mm-hmm, so you get these mm-hmm. monstrous companies like yeah, that Monsanto, own everything, yeah, sure, that own everything, top to and, bottom, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and also monoculture farming, um, basically destroys the soil to the point where we can't even rotate different vegetables and different crops in there. Right. So they just need to grow more corn to find more market for more corn Mm -hmm. to then patent more corn seeds. So the point is the food waste problem in America is so invisible to so many people and we are all a culprit in it. So of that 30 to 40% of food that gets wasted every single year, a lot of it's in the industrial side of it, right? Yeah. Um, you put 100,000 apples onto a truck. Some of those apples are going to spoil. Some of them are going right. to bruise. Naturally, yeah. All this stuff. Um, dairy subsidies, farmers are paid to just spray milk into the ground because there's no, that's a, no real thing that happens mm-hmm. because they have no market for it. And right. packaging that milk and getting it to people will be more expensive than them just spraying it to the ground. It, yeah. But then in our own homes, we, can, we buy so much food in such large quantities mm-hmm. I remember a roommate bought a 10-pound bag of spinach from Costco. Do you know how much, how big a 10-pound bag yes. of spinach is? I just think of how uh, not dense a spinach leaf Correct. is. And like, <laughs> the whole size of the fridge almost. Yeah. It was a my pillow. Yeah, that's The my really pillow funny. guy came out. Yeah, my like, hey. mic or whatever. Yeah, that's and funny. I, and I had to make a giant tray of spanakopita just to try and use up this person's spinach that otherwise would have gone to waste. And I feel yeah, like you sure. were one of the few people who could go, how can I do 100%. this? Yeah. You know, because I've bought uh, a tiny bag of spinach and not used it. Same. Because I couldn't, ah, God, too complicated. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. correct. We've all been there. No, that's we've everybody, though. That we've like, all been we, there. We buy aspirationally, right? Oh, true. Well, that's so true. Very true. That's very we're true. We're like, I'm going to be a new person. New Jarvis is going to buy a whole head of cauliflower and cut it up himself. Yeah. And, oh, and it's going to be so tasty. <laughs> oh, no, I'm tired. <laughs> I and I don't want to do anything, actually. I have a whole bag of parsnips. Haven't touched it in a week. Yeah, right. I got just carrots rotting. wilting in my just fridge rotting. right now. Yeah, it's really Ooh, I told myself I'd make stuffed bell peppers tonight with a little mirepoix in there. Yeah. I'm not going to want to do that. No, 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 sir. I'm going to order Zanku chicken. It costs $18. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, but it's so good, the Zanku chicken. Oh, my God, Zanku chicken can Every be food time. poisoning. Can't do it anymore. Every time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The point is food waste is like such a multifaceted issue that we're all sort of part of in our own ways. But that doesn't neglect the fact that these videos are so hyper visible Mm -hmm. and then also sort of like lead to more. But again, they're a business, right? Yeah. If we made if all of our videos are like, here's how to use your parsley stems, congrats. We wouldn't have a job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that Again, like spectacle sells. Yeah. And I think that like that's the the market that the attention market, I guess, that we yeah. exist in mm-hmm. now. You have to figure out how to grab people's attention with food if that's your beat. If you mm-hmm. want to do food entertainment, oh my God, that's something that's been done for decades and decades. Yeah. People want to see something new and interesting. Mm-hmm. So then you get like 
the uh, mad scientists of TikTok that start. I was watching something in the car where like somebody was I, after I parked here. <laughs> I was Driving I got here safe, I got here ten minutes early and I was parked and I was like, let me just watch something. <laughs> and uh, my friend had sent me this guy. I I, I, ha- I think it's Eli's Kitchen or something okay. yeah, yeah. where they they're like food processing some bologna and they were pouring some dairy in it. I was like. I this I think it's supposed to look gross, but then he actually tries it and is trying to go for something like yeah. mad scientist style. Mm-hmm. I didn't stick around. I was like, no, thank you. This is too nasty for me. <laughs> but you know, some people are like, yes, even grosser. Yeah, I mean, we made a um, Gordon Ramsay's beef Wellington, but with only ingredients found in a Seven Eleven, right. and wrapped a bunch of pureed hot dog. That had basis in French cookery. You made a sort of farce with uh, with egg whites, much like you'd make a seafood mousseline, albeit with yeah. hot dogs. Bad times. Bad, Bad times. times. And we didn't eat that. Of course, we yeah. Didn't that. that went right in the trash. We tried it. That video got us um, uh, millions upon millions of views, which yeah. pays for us to have Keep healthcare. Yeah. And uh, then also, I, I believe, led to paid integrations. Yeah, that, sure. Again, are the cornerstone of the business. Um, and the way I think about that is Eddie Burback. Eddie Burbank, friend of Eddie. the show. Terrible, yeah. terrible person. What? I'm We're sorry. Always saying this. Always saying this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <What>? why? Everybody's <laughs> not, I think he's great. His mustache is fantastic. How many carbon emissions and how much uh, gas did right. he use up to drive to every yeah. rainforest cafe in America? That's a, I feel, yeah, it's like one of those, you could ask that question about almost everything that everyone Everything. And that, right. which is the thing, it's like, if you choose to take that angle, then yes. you're going to find problems with everything. 100%. That's very true. Right? So anytime you are producing anything, right, Mm -hmm. Um, there's going to be an amount of waste. And if you're coming at it from an environmental angle, right, which a lot of the food waste stuff is, methane production coming from Mm -hmm. landfills, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, or even just a general ethical angle, you're going to be able to find anything that you can you know, sort of, I don't want to say complain to minimize it, but that's the real thing. Can, oh, can we back up? Because I, sure. th- I, un- I think I understand something, but maybe the audience is probably smarter than me, so, <laughs> but I'm just going to say, so my understanding about the landfill problem is like, uh, the simple minded person like myself would go, Oh, it's food. It's biodegradable. It can mm. just go in the ground and kind of feed the soil. Yeah. But, but what I understand is that when there's so much Food, bio waste like packed mm. and packed and packed in these landfills it just generates a bunch of methane yes uh, which is bad for the environment and doesn't actually like it kind of is too it would like it just doesn't work to yeah. like that whole process doesn't happen no if we were like actively turning every piece of food scrap into compost one america eats too much velveta um to, to turn <laughs> into compost like for real um and then it's also you know the the packaging and, and all that stuff that's going in there um but that's the way that i understand it yeah you know but then i think there's something so unique about food waste in videos that gets people so riled up and reasonably is that you could imagine that spaghetti on that counter and you're imagining, um, you know, a hungry child. Right. Sure. That spaghetti could have gone yeah. into that child's mouth. Right. right. Yes. Like if you're watching someone make chocolate sculptures on TikTok, okay, this isn't like chocolate doesn't have this immense nutritional value. Whereas like yeah. they're making food where the ingredients could have been something that they ate that yeah. night for dinner. But they couldn't have been, I guess is my point. Mm. Mm. They simply couldn't have been. Right, because we have at every single step in the process before that spaghetti got to that Lysol countertop mm-hmm. to be turned into commerce, right? For the person, for Rick Lax, the Facebook magician who's yeah. the ringleader of all. This. I heard recently that That's okay, nice. we'll talk. We should talk about Rick Lax and his, like later because I've heard that 
Red Fox Productions is like not around anymore. And like some of the people mm-hmm. have gone off to do their own outrage content. And then other new people have taken up the mantle of oh, like man. food waste or of, of the ridiculous countertop food situation. But yeah. The BuzzFeed, like the why yeah. I left Rick right. Lack. Why why I left Rick Lack. <laughs> <laughs> Let me watch those teary eyed videos. You just like, I don't know, smear uh, Orville Redenbacher popcorn all over your face uh, and then say, my friends are coming over later. This is going to be delicious. <laughs> Um, what was I talking about? You were talking about how I'm mad about something. Even even um, so, people get angry because they could imagine that food oh, being yeah. fed to yeah. someone. At every single point in the production process of that food, from the growing of the wheat to the packaging at the pasta factory to the stocking of the shelves um, to that being transported on trucks, at every single point in that production process, something was wasting significantly more food than the person who actually mm. put it on the counter, right? Ooh, so so what I'm hearing is that this is more like a uh, uh, pushing consumer responsibility, like where it's actually like corporate responsibility, like this tried and true thing that's happened with capitalism, I guess, where 100%. it's like, okay, yeah, where um, everybody's like recycle, but then really the people who yeah. are like doing all the waste is like these big corporations that we can't, See, we as individuals, we yeah. have no ability to like, like regulate. We can't, Dr- dried yeah. pasta. Dried pasta is a bad example because that can sit on a shelf for forever. But yeah. one really interesting thing is we've talked about this in the podcast before: uh, sell by, use by, expiration, expiration dates. dates. Yeah. But when you say expiration, what does that mean? For because they're now saying right? sell by, and there's right. no oh, scientific really? basis in any of these. They're saying sell by or use by. Mm. So if you see use by on that yogurt, is the best example, yogurt, right? Okay. Yogurt's already rotten. It's yeah, really yogurt. The point. Yogurt just makes more yogurt. Yogurt is how they figured out how to consume milk before before yeah. history was written down. They've That's been right. making yogurt. Right? Yeah. right. You're putting it in a fridge. That's going to last forever. Yogurt turns into more Ooh. yogurt. That's I know right. if there's mold on it, don't eat it. But remove the mold. But yeah. if you, the average consumer, but if it's like in an airtight seal, the odds that mold, you know, yeah, yeah it's just more bacterial yeah, growth, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is how yogurt is made. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Um, it's like getting mold on blue cheese. It's like, well, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I've talked to actual food scientists about this, uh-huh. um, but there's a huge lobbying effort to be like, don't let them put sell-by dates on it because their goal is to get you to buy more yogurt. Yogurt company's goal isn't to feed you nutrition. Their goal is to get you to buy more freaking yogurt. Right, because they have yeah. quarterly sales goals. Yeah, they got to yeah. make and money. And they can <laughs> manufacture, you know, like the... Um, the cynic in me could say they could just if if numbers if like sales are not where they need to be they could just move that date back shrink that window of, mm-hmm. of consumability Mm-mm. and now you have, have to, to replace it more often Correct. and make them more money. Okay. No, you're a hundred, and that actually yeah. does happen. That, but that's why they lobby so they can use you know those sort of labels on it. And so I don't know. My thing is there just needs to be more corporate responsibility, and then for people don't you don't need to go to Costco, right? Like right. you don't need to Costco. buy. And if you're feeding, if you're John and Kate plus eight, wait, are they bad? It was the other ones that K- were even worse. Though, kind right? of. I th- the Duggars are worse. That's the, the Duggars are worse. They've got drama for sure, but yeah. let's yeah. pretend it's 2004. Okay. The d- <laughs> <laughs> Single ladies is on the airwaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, listen, the Duggars are bad, but they, they probably needed Costco. They needed a lot more than Costco, um, you know, but like they yeah. needed Costco, but most people, don't and Americans significantly overbuy, sure. and thirty to forty percent of not only all food in the production system, all food in refrigerators goes to waste. Right? Anything you see online, I know it's hyper visible and it, it hurts to see that, but mm. it is a drop, drop, drop in the bucket, and it's simply a necessary part of our jobs. Breathe. <laughs> 
Um, I uh, I buy paper towels at Costco. Me too. Um, which is I probably wasteful. I should use more towels, like um, reusable towels, and wash them. And but then I'm like, oh no, the water consumption. I can't do the math. I don't know how to do yeah. the optimization. Like, what is the right thing to do? How do I be a mindful consumer? I think you're trying your best. A- I would like to think that everyone on planet Earth is trying their best. But I think whenever they wake up, they're like, I can't do this anymore. So they have a come to Jesus moment with themselves. And they're like, I don't want to use paper plates anymore. I don't want to use paper towels anymore. But not me. I still use both of those things yeah. thoroughly. Do you I guys love think, straws. Do you guys think free will exists? Ooh. Like Why if we're talking, are you asking me Because that if we're right talking now? about consumer responsibility. Yes, of course it which does. Which like I want to believe could be a thing, but I don't think it is. I think we're all just sort of subject no. to market forces. Free will definitely exists. I mean, I think that, okay, hold on. I think that free will is like... We need to zoom in a little bit from from free will because that like is a deterministic like uh, whole universe thing, which we're not going to crack that today. We but I do think, <laughs> but I do think that what you're saying about market forces is very valid because the average consumer is de- has so many concerns in their life that are mm. not how do I be the most efficient, mindful, yeah, responsible consumer? It's like I've got bills to pay, I've got mouths to feed. And if there's a little bit of food waste while I'm feeding those mouths, that's not gonna. Mm-hmm. That's not my biggest. Concern. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. that's not the end of the world. And so, the inertia, like the friction, you are going against the grain to combat those market forces. Mm-hmm. And so, to your point, I think that the average person or on mass, we are all going to just go with the flow of those yeah. market forces whatever's easiest, yeah. because whatever's easiest, it's like, yeah. we've got so many, you know, stressors in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so you have to choose and you have to choose to add a new stressor to your life to go against those yeah. market forces. You know, there's only so much stress we can take you guys. Is, is there <laughs> any validity in urging people to consume content on the internet more efficaciously in the same sense that we could urge them to consume better in real life. So for instance, I have pledged because I'm a good person to stop watching the videos on Twitter that show up in my feed now that say teacher knocks student out why are those? I, it makes They're me everywhere. so mad. Oh, that, the fake you know, ones? Everyone you're watching. You're watching. It's called watching Crazy clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, they're in a classroom. And we're like, oh, what's the teacher going to do? Is he going to go like, is he going to write cross and uppercut? And I yeah. realized that I was watching them. I'm like, I hate myself for this. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. block all these accounts and I'm going to never consume that again. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I just... Am, I'm mad that those have just entered everyone's feed. <laughs> it, it feels... In the most dystopian thing, it's like we are now being... I've never had like so many thoughts about an algorithm before mm-hmm. this moment in time with mm-hmm. Twitter mm-hmm. where I'm like, whatever, I'm seeing my friends posts out of order, you know, yeah. cause that was the yeah, whole yeah. thing yeah, about chronological sure. feeds. But now I'm being forced to watch like fights and grotesque videos uh-huh. and sure. kind of like the, um, morbid curiosity of society now leaking You're talking into to, to rotten.com kids. Right. So like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, why is this happening? We're I back. like, yeah, it makes me so mad. Elon, stop yeah. it, please. Yeah, this please. is my call. This yeah. is my plea. Well, at the end of the day, we're all simply salmon swimming upstream, uh, hoping against hope that we can do just a little drop of good in our communities. Everybody uh, spay and neuter your pets. Are you guys still going to go to buffets after this? Uh, no, no, I actually don't go to buffets. Good for you. You can pry my all you can eat buffets out of my cold. I've heard there's really good buffets <laughs> somewhere though, pl- in place. Like I've heard Vegas has really good buffets. I go to Reno. I'm a Reno guy. Okay, Vegas cool. has the best. Buffets. Are you going to buffets? Okay. Are you at the Post? I don't like buffets. I think they're whack. 
I think they're a waste of time, money, and energy. Oh wait, while we're while we're here, what? Do, how do we feel about like Seven Eleven f- f- food that's been heated for God knows how long? It's food safe. I trust the science as long as it's above one hundred forty degrees. I agree. Okay, cool. God I, bless Seven Eleven. I, I figured that's what. Because I'm like, there's no way that this huge corporation is like feeding people poison. I don't think. But I also understand why people are like, that's gross. Poison. The last botulism death in America was from gas station nacho <laughs> cheese. Nacho cheese. It botulism. That's an old timey disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but that, then, that came back. But all, speaking of botulism, as we're wrapping up, uh, that's another TikTok thing where, uh, you know, pink sauce, where it was like, oh, let, yeah. me, just, oh. let me just make oh. this and then like oh. use, like, I don't know how to ship this. And yeah. then yeah. like, it's not refrigerated. And then it's a huge risk of maybe one of the worst things that can happen with like all the nerve damage and stuff. You know, like Botox is like botulism. Oh, right? honey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I can't frown. It's so... <laughs> no, but I... I but, sh- <laughs> but by all means, use it in a controlled environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't you, tell, but I'm so upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so, that's so scary. So it's like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, go off, like be your own boss or whatever. Mm. But on the other hand, like, Please don't d- feed people this. Yeah, 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 yeah. limitations. To your- I've eaten a lot of oysters from shopping carts. So I, I'm immune to it. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. (laughs) All right, Nicole and Jarvis, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out in the universe. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Opinions Are Are Like Casseroles. This is a very jingle-based podcast. Ooh, that's fun. I, I, there's a lot of unison. I want to join. Can I say it? Yeah. Opinions are like casserole. Okay, no one said it with me. Wait, wait. That's fine. Let's three, roll the two, clip. one. Opinions, Opinions are, are like casserole. I thought you were gonna. I thought it was gonna be a three, two, one, go. Okay, okay, oh, I'll do I that. see. Yeah, three, right. two, one, go. Opinions, Opinions are, are like casseroles. God, that felt like it feels good having a permanent third host. Uh, <laughs> permanent. Yeah, I'm, I'm here <laughs> every week. Uh, all right, let's listen to some voicemails. Wait, can we get into the note that I had written on our, on, uh, our research document that we what? never got to get to? What do you want to talk about? Well, I just simply wrote, Hidden Media Economies Journalist David Ferrier Tickled Documentary on Competitive Endurance Tickling. What and does this have to do with I food I could race? not remember why I wrote that or where it tied in. Hidden Media Economies, because I think that's like like Rick Lack's <sighs> right. productions. That's a right. hidden media economy. Right. Similar to the Competitive Endurance Tickling Media Economy, maybe? It. Which is something that sounds like a combination of words you just made up now. <laughs> nope, that's no, the no. official. It's what they have to call it, so people don't think it's a sex thing. Endurance tickling sounds horrific. That is yeah. torture to me. I and could, why do you add? I'd be really good competition at competition to it, right? I that's don't know. Fun. Nicole, yeah. you should sign up for competitive. Well, I, they mostly want young, fit men. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I can turn my tickle on and off. What? Like you can try to tickle me, and like I have no reaction. Do I have to? No, you don't. You don't okay. need to do it. Don't touch know. me. You I, don't need that's to touch me. That's a thing that, like, in a uh, school, like uh, going to public school, if you ever talked about how you were good at being tickled, someone would tickle you, mm-hmm. and so I'd just be like, "No, no, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Don't touch me, please." <laughs> Let's get to that first opinion. 
<laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Um, this is less of an opinion, more of a question specifically for Josh. But, Nicole, if you know, please <laughs> answer so much for that. Do y'all know, I'm from North Georgia. Do y'all know why in Georgia, Atlanta especially, we eat our wings with fried rice? Mm. I have a few theories about yeah. Korean immigration here, but I don't know. Uh, if y'all can figure it out, please let me know. I have never heard of... Me either. I'm going to do a quick Google real quick. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. Well, okay. some hypotheses. So I'm going to say something that maybe maybe is going to get me uh, flamed in, in the comments here. Mm-hmm. But I went to school in Atlanta for four years. Okay. And I ate a lot of wings. How old were you? Uh, I was 18 to 21. Got it. GT or Emory? Uh, Georgia Tech, yeah. Nice. And, uh, and I never experienced this, but I feel like hmm. maybe I wasn't going to the the real spots. I'm going to say strip club culture. Oh. Mm. You know, but um, what's it called? Magic. Magic City. Magic City. Magic yes. City. They got the Lou Williams wings on there. Yep. Um, you find a lot of these combinations that people would find quote unquote weird. And there's a lot of debate about it. One a big one is uh, fried fish and spaghetti. We're talking about red sauce spaghetti, which mm-hmm. is served at a lot of soul food restaurants. There's a great soul food spot in Culver City that serves lasagna du- as a side. Dulance? No, no, no. no. It's a new one that actually it burnt down recently, which sucks. Oh. But you could just get lasagna as a side, which is cool. Sounds and it's good. just one of these sort of, a, a lot of chicken and waffles Atlanta is known as a hotbed. Yeah. And as the origin goes, um, black church services were so long, they would start in the morning and they would just go through the mm-hmm. evening and they would serve people food. And so there were waffles at breakfast. And then they'd have leftover waffles. No food waste. Hey. And, <laughs> and then the fried chicken would come out during lunch and people would be like, well, we still got the waffles leftover. We're going to eat it. Brilliant. And so that's at least the origin story. So fried rice and wings, it might just have something to do with it. Could be maybe Korean restaurateurs opened up Chinese American restaurants, sure. which, you know, that's popular in freaking every culture. Every culture loves Chinese food. Yeah. And then, you know, if wings were also something that Atlanta is definitely known for, Maybe Korean Chinese restaurant owners started frying up wings and serving with fried rice, but that's something I'd never heard of, and it's fascinating. Yeah, I d- it does make sense to me that if an item is just popular in general mm. in an area, you would just throw it on your menu to sure. get the extra business. That's the way to do it. And then maybe people just like put two and two together, or maybe some uh, entrepreneurial mind just decided to combo them. Combo number one: chicken yeah. and uh, fried rice. It sounds good. Like there's nothing, nothing about that sounds. Like it wouldn't work to me. Sure. No. Especially yeah. with the right spice combo. Yeah, I mean fried rice. I need is, it. It's a it's a delicious, like cheap filling food. That's a great meal. Wings yeah. and fried rice. Yeah. I'm in. I, I never heard of that though. Thank you for uh, illuminating us on that. I, I did. I googled it, and a Reddit post just came up saying best chicken wings, fried rice, and fries combo in Atlanta. And the first comment is just that's very specific. Mm. And yeah, so it must be a thing. Fun. Do we have any of those in L- like weird combos in LA? I'm thinking like the sushi bars that'll have kimchi on the menu because a lot of sushi bars are owned by Korean people in LA. Mm. But I can't think of anything. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those combos, mm-hmm. uh, specifically like Korean Japanese combos. Yeah, that's um, it. Which is great for me because sometimes you have a little craving yeah. of, of of both cuisine. Hundred percent. I'll think on it more. Hello. Hey. Hi. I am a long time. No. Short time. <laughs> I've been listening to Hot Dog is a Sandwich for one year. Oh, wow. And I like this podcast. I Aww. like you, buddy. My controversial opinion is that any, like, white meat, say, breaded chicken or breaded fish, needs to be dipped in applesauce. 
Whoa. Needs? Hey-o. Needs. Nicole, flame this child. Get her. No, <laughs> I'm not. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that's up to you, buddy. <laughs> I hope you're doing well in language class. Nothing. Like, again, that doesn't sound offensive. I think the one place where I draw the line is needs. <laughs> I agree. The needs was the, uh, the kicker for me. I, I will say, though, I, I had so many thoughts like that when I was a kid and when I was discovering what I loved about food. And I think the thing that they identified very accurately is that fat and starch loves acid, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So you get something like if it's a, even if it's baked, there's generally some sort of oil on the breading, right? Sure. And so you have a breaded piece of meat. You know, I would put something like tartar sauce on fried fish. Right. What yeah. you want in the tartar sauce is the acidity from the pickles, the mayonnaise, capers, lemon, whatever. Apples tend to have a lot of acidity. So I think what you've identified is actually really, really smart that you love acidic foods with, you know, that type of main entree. Yeah. And so that's that's very astute of you. I will go home. I will try this. Okay. That's uh, nice maybe this is going to sound like a ridiculous combination, but like when I was uh, younger, I... Uh, I was at my best friend's house and it, his family was Jewish and it was like around a holiday time. I'm not sure which. This is a Hanukkah story, baby. Yeah. Well, and I had never had a latke before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like someone told me like, put the latke in the applesauce. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And then, <laughs> and then I tried it and I was like, whoa, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. And there's something about the friedness of the like potato mm-hmm. that like feels like it would fit into like a fried chicken situation. So I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that seems fine. 100%. Applesauce, I'm in. I, okay, controversial opinion of mine. I drink applesauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, I hate applesauce. I love it. I I, I'm a huge like, fan. <gasps> great way, great way to consume what? an apple in three seconds. Oh my gosh, yeah. I despise <laughs> applesauce. Ooh, Why? So. Wait, even on latkes? Oh you my gosh, no, I'm a ketchup on latkes girl. I've we told both you this. grew up. Yeah, we both We're grew two up different kinds of juice. dipping latkes. Well, no, yeah. I grew up dipping latkes in ketchup as a form. Not that I had to try very hard to assimilate, but that was one of my assimilative uh-huh. things. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is just this is McDonald's hash browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm I'm firmly sour cream and applesauce on the same bite. I can't. I just don't know what it is. It the texture is so mealy and mm. it makes me it reminds me of like vomit. I can't it, do it. I get I that, but I remind myself that, that that texture is motivated by the freshness of an apple. So it like <laughs> okay. if it were if that texture were I was experiencing with anything else, I don't think I would be on board. But I, you can't go wrong with an apple. I like apple juice. That's I like raw I like a raw apple that I can crunch into and I like the juice. The apple sauce in the middle. That's I almost the only it. form of apple you don't like. Is sauced. Yes. So next correct. time you're chewing on an apple, you take a bite out of an apple, you chew it. Right before you swallow, you go, I just made applesauce. I'm going right. to like this. <laughs> I think about that I'm way like too this. much. <laughs> like mouthwash. <laughs> nice opinion. All right. So um, I absolutely love you guys and the podcast and totally wish I knew you were in real life. Sounds like Brittany. Come find us. Because y'all seem like you'd be the best friends that could ever have. Get that um, geo guesser guy to find us. <laughs> anyway. Done with that lonely depressiveness. Um, hot take. Ketchup belongs on white people tacos. And by white people tacos, I mean hamburger with the taco seasoning that you can get from the grocery store. Um, okay. Cheese okay. and lettuce. I mean, if well, you think about maybe. it, it's practically a hamburger on a tortilla. Mm. Um, mm. Let me know. 
Jarvis, Jarvis you got strong. You got strong opinions. Yes. Well, so you know what? I when she when she said hamburger, I wasn't thinking of ground hamburger. I was just thinking of like a hamburger patty, and I was like, "What's going on?" Well, so yeah, that yeah. actually has origins in Mexico City. A journalist named Jose Ralat, I believe, um, wrote for Texas Monthly, wrote about the origins of the hamburger taco because of something that was going viral on TikTok. Was like a Big Mac taco. Sure, oh. I've seen so those. Mexico, hey, Mexico City. Um, yeah, they actually have like deep origins. I'm going to Mexico City soon, so I'll have, have to find. I'll legitimately send you the article. I think he shouts out the original place. Oh, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> um, I'll go on the in the field reporting. <laughs> did you did you grow up eating like the hard shell tacos? A, a bit, mm. a little bit. I think I definitely. Uh, I think I had a. I definitely had mini flour tortilla tacos yeah. before I yeah. ever had a corn tortilla taco. But I do feel Same. like a switch flipped in my brain and maybe just a little, uh, <laughs> my little elitism jumped out where I'm like, uh, especially like living, I used to live in San Francisco mm. and there were just so many good like mm. tacos around. The mission. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and I lived in the mission. Oh, so, there you go. so yeah. it was just like, I can't go back. Mm. Um, I would, I would like buy like arepas from like a guy in a truck, like yeah. outside my apartment and was not thinking about how the, food was being kept. I was just like, it looks good. Same. I'm just going to not question it. Same. Don't question. Yeah. It was by a truck. You're thinking of a food truck. It was a Ford F-150. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, tamales, tacos de canasta, pupusas. Yeah. From all sorts of shopping carts and just random coolers on wheels yeah. on a dolly. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. in. I have a lot of trust. I would have bought, I would have eaten the pink sauce. So ketchup. So ketchup, uh, First We Feast actually produced a really great documentary on the black taco movement in Los Angeles. I was going to talk mm-hmm. about so Sky's Tacos. Sky's Tacos, <gasps> Taco Mel. Um, I mean, Keith from All Flavor No Grease, he does you know, yeah. a kind of different variety, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are actually ground turkey as well. Um, and a lot of people do put ketchup on them. That's right. And also, if you think about taco sauce, so you're getting like picante sauce, but not paste picante sauce, but taco sauce from a, a jar. Ortega is the brand that does it. Mm-hmm. Um Taco sauce is literally an invention for white people that was just a hybrid of ketchup and actual like salsa roja. So wild, yeah. And so a lot of this has roots that go back 50, 60 years. And so I'm all for it. Um, But I do think it's funny when people say, you know, white people tacos, because I'm like, they're kind of just like non-Mexican tacos. Mm. Yeah. Because it was also big in like the black community, especially in South LA. I was going to bring up Skies and I actually had their their ground beef tacos and it was sweet and a little acidic. And I'm like, there's got to be ketchup in this. And I didn't go up and ask them, but like I tasted (laughs) it. And I'm like, with my table, I was like, you guys taste the ketchup? And Mm. they're like, yeah. And it was actually decent. It's, do I like it more or less than like a street taco? I don't really know. But there's like precedent for it to exist. I wouldn't just put straight ketchup on like a white people taco though. I, I would I, I probably wouldn't either. But I would but I would that. put like a probably a pretty sugary salsa on it, right? It's, we have so many sauces. If you put <sighs> putting like salsa verde on a white people taco doesn't taste right. Mm. Yeah, at that's all. True. Like it's that's like true. putting yeah, I agree with it's you. It's like yeah. putting real hot sauce on a Taco Bell burrito. It's like no, I, I need love the, doing that. I need the tomato paste and the <gasps> corn syrup. <gasps> what? Yeah, yeah. I love using um hot sauces from like my house to put it on the Taco Bell. Don't taste right. All right, is that, do you just use the regular Taco Bell sauce? Yeah, fire. I think Taco fire, Bell fire, I like fire. Fire. Fire sauce. I like the, the fire sauce. Taco Bell yeah. fire mm-hmm. sauce. I like best. adding, like, a, I, I tear a little tiny little hole and I just dab it on every bite. Same, same, yeah, same, same. It's very and good. Yeah, the first bite, you just got to go. <laughs> so it kind of hits your palate first. <laughs> right, you sort right. of force it yeah, in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. God, I want Taco Bell now. All right, one more. Maggie, we got time for one more? Hey, Josh and Nicole. This is Tommy from Aurora, Say Illinois. I'm calling to <laughs> see if you guys can help me settle a debate my brother and I have been having for the last few months. So in his opinion, he thinks that chilaquiles 
are a nacho. Mm. And in my opinion, they are closer to a lasagna just with uh, replacing the noodles with a tortilla chip. If you could help us figure this one out, that'd be great. Love the pot. Bye. I know what this is. It's just like a. F- I was not expecting him to say it's closer to is. a lasagna. Have you guys seen the lasagna soup TikTok things mm-hmm. where they take up the lasagna noodles and they put them in the soup and then they pick it up and it's like this big starchy tomatoy mess? Hmm. No. Chilaquiles is lasagna soup. It's not lasagna. Oh, it's not nachos. It's like lasagna soup. Constructed lasagna soup. Yep. It's lasagna soup. That's it. I will not be taking any questions at this time. There, there's so much there, y'all. There's so much to explicate here. So, if we wanted Take to find, if we wanted to find a Mexican equivalent of lasagna, something that's layered, you could look at New Mexican style enchiladas. Where so enchiladas typically um, in Mexico are not baked, right? It's something that the tortillas are fried in oil, then they're mm-hmm. dipped in sauce, rolled, and, and that's it. And that's the way that I prefer them. A lot of Americans tend to bake them. A lot of that comes from New Mexico tradition. But the like difference it. in New Mexico is they are typically stacked. They're not rolled. So, and again, New Mexico, I have a friend who her family dates back to 500 years ago in New Mexico. So that's a very valid food culture um, that I would call a part of Mexican food culture. Um, So there's that. Chilaquiles are uh, like kind of thousands of years old. Love chilaquiles. Uh, Chilaquiles is a a Nahuatl word. Like it predates the Spanish conquistador showing up to the shores. It did not look like it does today with, you know, Tostitos chips sauteed in in the La Victoria salsa. Um, But that's actually like a really, really old dish. And then nachos were, gosh, like 50, 60 years ago. Chef literally named Ignacio or Nacho in Piedras Negras, Coahuila, I believe. Um, so I think they have completely divergent histories, albeit looking similarly now. I don't think lasagna um, is anywhere close to chilaquiles. Um, Do you think they're enchiladas? At all. Uh, yeah, yeah. New Mexican enchiladas are the Mexican, enchil- Mexican lasagna. Wait, what were the... Um like the Tostito chip equivalent historically for chilaquiles. Maybe you said that and I just wasn't. No, no. So, I mean, it, it probably, so uh, chilaquiles just comes from the word like greens and uh, chilies because mm-hmm. they would just make a sauce with greens and chilies and right. put it on tortillas. And so tortillas actually predate leavened bread by thousands of years. Mm. So do tamales actually. Tamales is a really cool one. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it just likely wasn't just fried like into crispy chips. Mm-hmm. I mean, that still sounds good. Yeah, because processing cooking oil would have probably been harder back then. Um, right. They didn't have a lot of big animals to make lard. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, probably these delicious fresh tortillas, chilies and greens. That sounds, I mean, yeah, like I mean, that's a, a winning formula. That's you a know? $17 brunch dish, yeah. you know? Oh, it's right, lasagna yeah. soup. <laughs> it's lasagna soup. <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps it up. Jarvis, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the Thanks so much for having me. I, I feel very educated. I learned so much today. <laughs> Where can the people find you? Um, I... At my house. No, uh, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, if you just search for Jarvis, I think it's youtube.com slash Jarvis. I also have a podcast called Sad Boys, a comedy podcast about feelings. And uh, yeah, catch me wherever. Oh, yeah. We have a podcast. It's called this one. Uh, you're listening to it. We got new episodes of it out every Wednesday, wherever you get nice. the podcast. Every Sunday, the video comes out on the YouTube. If you want to be featured on Opinions or our cast rules, you can hit us up at 833-DOGPOD1. The number again is 833-DOGPOD1. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check out Mythical Kitchen. You know what it is. See y'all next time.